Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Grace be with you. It is the Advent season. May Advent bring the joy of finding Jesus in our lives and our hearts. Amen. Now, it is the first Sunday in Advent and we are gathered here surprised beyond belief <laughs> that once again, God is sending the Savior into our world. That's a surprise, because I, I think we sometimes kind of take that for granted. I don't think we should. I, I think we should, as it were, have a little bit of surprise. Our Gospel text from Matthew leaves us a bit bewildered. In fact, we don't know quite what to make of it. We are urged to somehow stay awake because the hour of the Son of Man's arrival is unknown. Kind of like a jacket box. Not quite sure. We hear the two. We kind of anticipate when it's going to pop out, but we're not quite sure. And so we kind of get a little bit uh, lax about expecting God's arrival. And we're here to say that we are like most people. We sometimes find that we are ill-prepared and we are surprised. It catches us off guard. And then there it is. And I don't know if you've had those moments when the Christ appears to you. Whether it's when your kids are doing a Christmas program or whether it's when your kids come to eat dinner and grandchildren say something. Whether it's when mommy and daddy surprise you with that good toy that you didn't expect. But somewhere in the middle of the Christmas season, God appears to each of us. And we are surprised by that. The whole language of the text is very apocalyptic. It comes with warnings that we would rather ignore. <laughs> For as in the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Did I miss something? <laughs> I thought that it was Advent Sunday, and we know that one that begins with uh, Black Friday, and uh, we get started because we end up in the mall and we're buying things because they're cheap and, and readily affordable. But did I miss something? Is that what this is all about? I have to say, I ended up going to Best Buy on Friday. Anybody else go on Friday? Well, you are all smarter than I am. <laughs> Let me tell you. You are far smarter than I am. Because I went to Best Buy, and there were people everywhere. There was no place even to park a camel. So that's, that's how, how busy it was. It was packed. Perhaps we should also ask ourselves, what did Jesus mean then by that statement? For as in the days of Noah were. What exactly is Advent for? From what I can gather, Advent actually is not the season of Good Friday sales. It's actually a season to both anticipate and repent. That's an interesting thought. I never thought of repentance. The color is blue, not purple. And yet we are entering a time of repentance, anticipating repentance. So what was beginning in Noah's time? What was happening there that we should be concerned about that? It's all right there in the text. They were eating, check. Drinking, check. Married, okay. And giving in marriage. So basically they were just living. Right? Nothing so perverse or terrifying or terrible. But maybe the point is that they did all of this without giving God a second thought. Strange how easily that happens. When life is good, we give God, uh, no, never mind. But come a few hard times and then 
There we are with our petitions and guineas and worries. Here the apocalyptic movement of the text. Two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal. They will be grinding together next to each other, one will be taken and one will be left. These are not the crazy sides that we might expect. They are not what causes uh, Christian, uh, excuse me, Chicken Little to cry out, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. They are the signs that life has a, uh, a random way of reminding us that life is both unfair and precious at the same time. Our watching and waiting, therefore, is not conditioned by some apocalyptic tragedy that pushes us to take and stand alert. But that life is and always has been a place to recognize God's presence, to give thanks for God's goodness. And that comes as a surprise to us. I like the word, the thief in the night, is that uh, apathy that we experience when things are messed up. Interesting, that word thief, which in Greek is the word klepto, from which we get the word kleptomaniac. It's at the heart of what steals us from God, the awe of knowing the grace God showers upon us every day. This stealing, this kleptomaniac in us that robs God of God's time and God's presence, and we give it to all sorts of other things. So what is this doing here in this Advent season? Too often we hear apocalyptic language and we assume the writer, or in this case Jesus, is speaking of some end of time, some end of days, a day of judgment or whatever. But there is something else going on here, right? I mean, just like the days of Noah, God is intervening in history. Think about this. In the flood, God is wiping the slate clean. He starts over. Literally, God starts over. Things are a mess, and God is forced to do something. Somehow Noah and his family are spared. They, too, are not perfect. But God steps in and starts over. Noah enters the ark, and God closes the door, and the flood begins. But the point is that God starts over. Saved in the ark, Noah and his family are spared. This experiment changes everything, including God who promises never again to cause a flood to wipe out humanity. But as in the days of Noah tells us something, humanity has not changed, sin continues, and God is forced again to contend with this sinful and apathetic, this kleptomaniac people who steal from him his time and his love without one moment's thought. The nature of humankind has not changed. This story of the incarnation, therefore, is a new story of God's renewing love for his creation. Another new beginning, unlike the old beginning preceded by a flood. A new beginning that sends Jesus into our world, into our hearts. No longer the story about destruction, but instead the story about involving radical forgiveness. And radical love. The kind of love that even forced, excuse me, that even faced 
with humans know of like apathy and sinfulness, finds God ready and willing to start over with us. Each day a new day of grace. Each day an invitation to enter the ark of covenant in God's grace and let God take care of us. We enter into the ark with the floods of death all around us and yet God is there preserving our lives and we are amazed at that. We are suspended in time and we cannot figure out why God has not done with us what he has done in the past. A new beginning has begun. A new story of creation. The story is not the story of a flood. The story of Noah is the story of a God ready to start over with us time and time again. Baptism is that promise to us. Daily we drown in the waters of baptism and rise to a new life in Christ. The apocalyptic moment is not at some end of time. <clears throat> what happens each day as we die and rise in Christ, this is our faith, this is our Lutheran understanding of baptism day by day. I put to death that God puts to death that whole sinful self in me so that I might rise to a new faith, a new moment, a new time in Christ. Glory and goodness of God's love. So it is Advent, a bit glorious, with concerns about somehow presents and Santas and reindeers. <coughs> but it's also about keeping awake, seizing the moment. To see the new life promised to us in Jesus. May we await his coming life. A drowning person, like a drowning person, seeing the light of the surface of the flood and praising God for the knowledge that cares enough to preserve the new life to us. Peace be with you.